0: With your powers combined, we are fanholes. Go, go, go fanholes. Fan fan
1: holes. Can't believe there's a chat room big enough to hold all of our present bodies. Wow. <laughs> of all the things I missed about the show, I miss Tony being wrong always. We've already got a me. We don't need another me.
0: <laughs> oh boy, of the sheer
2: episode. I yes, Derek. Lover of lobster women, defender of Starfire's fidelity. I just wanna know who is the
3: consultant
4: he <laughs> No! I have
3: no heart. <laughs> Nobody's gonna relate to a, a talking cat that eats lasagna. I'll
1: okay. do it, but I wanna be immediately killed afterwards. <laughs> Derek, in your Derek lair, do you have a list of that tells you like how to take down the other fan holes should we like go crazy?
4: <laughs> how does my
0: stupid sound beautiful
3: like 10 times sexier good job
2: no one gets us because we don't explain it
3: hey guys welcome back to another we're kicking off another fan holes fright fest and welcome back to another frog's breath tastic wormsworth horrific episode of Fanholes Podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. Joining me tonight on this spooky dookie call. I've got three countem three of my fellow fanholes. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here to kidnap Santa Claus tonight? What's this? It's Mike.
1: Hey, this is Justin, and I am the one hiding under your bed. Teeth ground sharp and eyes glowing red.
0: Hey guys, this is Tony. And uh, yeah, probably my best chance of dating is a dead girl, too. So, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, so in case you haven't figured out from the cryptic hints, uh, we are going to be celebrating the anniversary of the nightmare before Christmas. What is this, 93? Uh, what, 30th anniversary, right? Yes, I think. okay. 30th anniversary of The Nightmare Before Christmas. And this was released in 1993. The director was Henry Selick. But of course, it was written uh, with the story idea from Tim Burton. So it was marketed as Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. And, you know, this is this is something that was on our our lengthy list of, of potential anniversary films to discuss I have prepared absolutely nothing for this, so I'm gonna read what I think is the rather interesting one-sentence synopsis from IMDB. Jack Skellington, King of Halloween Town, discovers Christmas Town, but his attempts to bring Christmas to his home causes confusion. I don't know if that's like a, a good selling of this movie, but that is the one-sentence synopsis of The Nightmare Before Christmas. Me personally, I think the film is a morality tale about staying in your fucking lane um but that's my feelings on it what about you guys what what do you think about this movie and and I guess maybe we should go around the table and ask how everyone was introduced to this movie so why don't I why don't I start with Justin cuz I think this was on Justin's list of Potential anniversary films, and it seemed like it was something that was immediately keyed upon. so how how were you introduced to this film, Justin? Did you see it in the theater? Like, what's your backstory with the Nightmare before Christmas?
1: I did not see it in the theater. I did see it uh, when I came out on video pretty quickly because it was on my radar, and I feel like this was advertised in the back of like, almost every comic book in 1993 it felt like it's like the back page or the back cover was like Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas and I was like oh man this looks really like you know weird and twisted I gotta see it so it came out on VHS and I watched it and I thought it was great and for several years it was something that I would revisit from time to time and I think I was 10 or 11 in 93 so this is one of those things that I enjoyed you know as a little kid and then i got into you know a teenager who turned his back on like you know adam west batman i still like this like i you know i turned my back on adam west batman and beverly hillbillies and gilligan's island but somehow this like survived that like you know you know 90s extreme wars like teenage hard edge you know phase we all go through and then um you know my early 20s like i Bought it on DVD, and I also bought, like, the, um... I wanted to talk about this before I forget. I bought the 2006 edition of the soundtrack, and the reason I bought it was because, like, that had a bonus disc, and it had, like, a bunch of cover songs. Or, well, it had a bunch of, like, popular groups at the time covering the songs from this. Like, Marilyn Manson did a version of This Is Halloween that's, like, the highlight of that. And then you've got my favorite song from this movie, Sally Song, is performed by fiona apple and i've always thought she was great And then you've got kind of like other popular bands from 2006 like you may feel things about them like fallout boy did what's this she wants revenge did kidnap the Santa claus and then panic at the disco they also did this this is halloween which i thought it was weird it's like you got two different groups covering the same song but whatever like like, that CD was heavily played, you know, in my CD player, or, like, you know, like, I had an old-ass car, so I ended up, like, you know, taping this onto a old cassette tape, because that's the only thing my car had. I wore that tape out, so, like, I I have a lot of affection for this movie, like, it's something I genuinely love, but then I kind of, like, went through a, a, a dormant phase, where, like, I haven't watched this movie since, I don't know, like, 2000. 2000- 10 at least like it's been quite a long time so when i saw this was up for an anniversary i was like well we got to talk about this movie because like this is great and you guys know me like i you know i'm not crazy about christmas and i have a lot of like personal things that i'm not going to get into why i don't like christmas but like this is one of the like the few christmassy things that i genuinely love like this and gremlins which you know you could probably say well those are like horror thing christmas things, so they don't count but like i also like the old like you know rudolph the reindeer special and then um the movie elf like i i genuinely love that movie i know a lot of people maybe don't like it or you know whatever they got burned out because it's you know played often but like i i, I don't know like like i said this is one of the few like christmasy things that i like you know 100 percent genuinely love so you know like i said when this was up for an anniversary i was like well we gotta talk about this because like this is great so here we are
4: welcome to an extraordinary world filled with magic and wonder open your mind and let yourself go to a place where every day is halloween and every night, Jack Skellington. I am the Pumpkin King! <laughs> dreams of something different. What is this? It's someplace new. Jack, look out! Whoa! Whoa! What's this? What's this? There's color everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack, this isn't <laughs> stare. What is
3: this?
4: Haven't you heard of peace on earth and goodwill toward men? Touchstone Pictures presents the enchanting story of two very special dreamers and the holiday spirit that brought them together. From the imagination of Tim Burton comes The Nightmare Before Christmas. And what did Santa bring you, honey?
3: Well, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think there's a natural connection, I think at least with the the, the claymation stuff, right? Like the, the Rudolph stuff, like I can see the parallels in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's something that this definitely, in, in some ways, th- this was a throwback when it came out, right? Like it, it, this wasn't something that was typically being done, you know, and, and would not go on to be done, you know, moving forward. So in, in some sense, it's a you know, a lost art, the last vestige of its kind type film and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to go I'm going to go next with Tony because Mike said he his answer will shock and surprise us. So I'm going to save that for after Tony. So, like, Tony, what about you, man? Did you did you see this in the theater? Like, what's your what's your history with Nightmare Before Christmas?
0: Well, before I start, I did I did want to reference the fact that Justin had mentioned Fallout Boy. Well, I did what's this, and for some reason, immediately the first thing that popped in my head was like, What's this? What's this? Me fucking your best friend in the graveyard after midnight. I don't know. Oh.
1: <laughs> oh, like I said, bands of that era, you may feel things positive or negative towards them, but you know, <laughs> it, it was the Zeitgeist in 2006, so that's what you get.
0: I I mean honestly, it's kind of a Tim Burton is kind of an emo kid, so it fits. It fits. No, but as far as the movie proper, I saw this in the theaters. This was around the time when Tim Burton was still making good stuff. I was a big Tim Burton fan back then too. Like like my four top movies by him will always be Edward Scissorhands, of of course Batman, Nightmare Before Christmas, and Ed Wood. Like those like are all beyond reproach in my eyes. But like when this came out, I was always a huge fan of the Rankin Bass, you know, specials. That's what you guys were referencing there, and it's kind of weird. Like they, they they do have claymation in them, but they're also kind of like these wire puppets, and it's just a yeah, you know, like you said, it's kind of like a lost art. It's a very specific type of stop motion animation. It's very, you know, engrossed detail. Like it, it takes a long fucking time. But uh, I remember seeing this in the theaters and. Like, there's such a whimsy about it, but also a dark humor at the same time that it immediately appealed to, like, my kind of sensibilities. Because I, I do kind of fall in that category of, you know, I, I do like a good, like, you know, story where, like, the 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 hero saves the day and all that stuff, but this doesn't really go there. It's like the the, the main hero is is kind of the villain in a way. <laughs> he gets a redemption, you know, at the end. But, like, you know... He's not your typical good guy. He's you know he's the the king of Halloween, and it just really just flabbergasted me. Like the 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 motion and and the songs are so memorable. I've watched this so many times on on, on VHS, DVD, whenever it happens to pop up on cable. Like it is just one of those movies that like I don't really always go out of my way to watch it, but if it's ever on. I'm immediately like, oh yeah, hell yeah, or like, you know, every every once in a while, on like near Halloween season, I will be like, you know what? I'm gonna watch Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's, it's it's you know, a word that's bandied about a lot nowadays in the internet age, but I would say this is a classic. You know, this is this is something that you can watch, and and you can do it either one. You could do Halloween or Christmas. It is more of a Christmas movie, I think. I agree with Justin. But I mean it's Halloweeny enough you know with the the basic you know characters and stuff that you could watch it as a Halloween movie too but uh yeah it's 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 just one of those movies that when I watched it I knew this was going to be one of those movies I could watch over and over again and never really get tired of it so I'm glad we're talking about it and we can we can definitely go more into the, like the various details and stuff but uh yeah I'm glad uh, I'm I'm around tonight to talk about this
1: What about you Derek
3: uh, well, uh, I guess I don't know. I, I don't know if I want to steal Mike's thunder because I know Mike's answer is going to shock and appall us. So, do do you want to go first, or do you want me to talk about my history with Nightmare Before Christmas? No, you can go. You can go first. Okay. Okay. So, I did not see this in the theater, and I I don't know. You know. You know. Sometimes, like I look back at this stuff, like the, the, I feel like the Matrix is like one of those movies too, where it, like confuses me because I'll go and I'll look up like the date it came out and I'll remember like having conversations with people in like the Loyola Marymount University Lions Den and I'm like why was if the Matrix came out in 1999 and I remember seeing it in the Bay area. Like, why was I talking to somebody about it? Why was I even in the lion's den in 1999? Like it just, the whole thing didn't make it like, it's like my memories of it feel false, but I know that they're true. Like I know that that happened. And I feel like the, I don't know, for some reason I feel like the matrix came out earlier than Wikipedia tells me it came out like that it's a lie or something. And like, so sometimes when I go back and look at stuff like this, I'll look and I'll see it came out in 1993 and it came out around October, you know, it was it was rolled out like, I mean, regardless of what, you know, if if you watch it as a Christmas movie or you watch it as a Halloween movie or or however you decide to watch it, it's its release date was, you know, kind of during, you know, anticipation for Halloween. And the thing that I'm not quite sure of, like. I I seem to have been under the impression that maybe I didn't have my learner's permit yet, but then I I mean, Mask of the Phantasm came out like two or three months later, and I know I had my learner's permit, and I know I drove us down to the exact same theater to watch Mask of the Phantasm, and that was like one of those things where I was I was in a age where I was potentially, or I I I was on my way to be potentially old enough to uh, watch, you know, the movies I wanted to watch with my friends or something like that. Like not, you know, I mean, aside from, you know, somebody just drop, you know, driving you to a movie theater and dropping you off. Like most times I would see films with, with my folks, right? Like, like Tony's list of Tim Burton movies, you know, like I, I remember, you know, my mom took me, with with one of my good buddies we waited in line on the opening day to see Batman and then I think my dad went with me again like maybe you know a week or two later when you know according to him you know the theater wasn't going to be packed full of people and he could just you know watch it to enjoy it or whatever and not be you know you have to you know be surrounded by all these people or whatever right and so I remember that like that involved you know my parents had to take me to see the movie I remember the same theater that I saw Mask of the Phantasm in, the same theater that Nightmare Before Christmas was playing in, and also played Edward Scissorhands. And I remember my my dad and my mom being kind of excited about that. And and we went and saw it and we all talked about it. And, you know, the, the discussion about Tim Burton and Johnny Depp and all this stuff. And we had like these really good conversations about it. You know, we would talk about the movie and go to like, I don't know, Chili's to eat or something like that. This was all in the Fremont hub. If anybody who's listening understands like local uh, local landmarks of things or whatever. And this was back when there was a movie theater in the Fremont hub that I think since has been turned into like a Petco or something weird now or whatever it is, or maybe it's like a gym or something. I don't even remember. It was, it was pretty tiny at the time, but it was, you know, a big deal to have like three theaters in town instead of two, which was usually what it was like back in the old days. And the reason I think, I, I don't know, like, like this is what, what plays plays mind games with me. The, the, the reasons why I think I didn't see it are twofold was one, I was like telling you about the whole learner's permit thing. And I was like, maybe I had the interest to go see it, but I still couldn't drive myself yet. And then I'm like, I couldn't drive myself by October. That doesn't seem right. But maybe, maybe that was true for some reason. Like maybe I had taken all the schooling and everything, but maybe I didn't quite have a car lined up yet or something. I I, I don't exactly remember. Right. So so there was that aspect to it. But then I've always kind of gone on record with this, and I I, I sort of remember it quite fondly because it's my mom and everything. But like she, you know, anything that tried to merge horror with Christmas, like she was – dead set against like she she wouldn't hear of it she didn't want anything to do with it so you know and i've I've made these examples I've, I've mentioned it like on history of comics on film and maybe on the podcast before or whatever but you know examples like when you know silent night deadly night is a perfect example she would see like the the covers to those and be like oh that's terrible like like she she went full like you know, Roger Ebert or, you know, whoever hates, you know, Friday the 13th or what, you know, like she was totally like some stuff like she was fine with. Like she liked Hellraiser. She liked Interview with the Vampire. Like like there were certain things, but she just she didn't want, you know, I don't know. She didn't want the chocolate in her peanut butter or whatever. Right. And she just, you know, she was like dead set against like if if Santa Claus was killing people on Tales from the Crypt, she's like, that's awful. Like, I don't you know, th- that's the kind of stuff she always, always pushed back against. And so when this came out, there was that aspect too, where it was like, why are they trying to put hollow Like, why are they trying to... Re- One, she was offended that they were trying to release what was conceivably a Christmas movie in October in Hol- uh, at Halloween. Like, that just... She's like, why do they do this? Like, she didn't understand it. It wasn't traditional. Like, it, it was just a complete turnoff, off Right. And then, like just the fact that, you know, you had this kind of you know, Halloweeny, you know, creep tastic type stuff, like mixed with your Christmas stuff. And she just, you know, she she was never into that. So I think that was also a strong reason why I was like, well, rather than hear about it, I, I was just the to me the 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 you know, I was a teenager, but the adult solution was like, oh, okay, then I, I guess I'm just not going to watch this movie, right? like because because that seems to be the the safe approach, right? Not not that she was going to be mad at me if I did it or not or, or whatever. But I just kind of, I listened, I kind of went, okay, like, I get what she's saying. Like, not that I was like completely turned off to the idea, but I just kind of went, Oh, well, I, she's my mom. That kind of makes sense, whatever. So I never saw it. I remember all the people, like all the theater kids. And, and, and I guess, you know, at some point I was part of the theater kids, right? Like I, I went to the same high school you know, theater arts classes. I was in eventually like many of the same high school plays and everything like that. But there there was a period where I think, you know, I was doing forensics and I was doing like dramatic interpretations and humorous interpretations, and I was still doing like piano lessons and things. And so I couldn't always be in the high school plays or whatever. So there was that kind of weird, I was on the fence with Picking one thing or the other or whatever it was, even though I was in some of the same classes, I might not have been in all the same shows. But I remember a lot of the kids that were theater kids that were in the high school shows that eventually I was in the same high school shows with them. A lot of them all worked at this Fremont Hub movie theater. And they would, you know get to see the movies for free, right? Cause they worked there. And so I would, I would hear like these guys talk about it or, you know, and I remember this one guy, you know, and, and, you know, they, they all did musical theater, right? So they, they, they had a familiarity with it. They had an appreciation for it. And so they, they did, uh, that's my distinct memory of before I had ever seen this people that, that worked on musical theater, that liked, being performing in musical theater just went oh yeah this is really good and that was the first time outside of my mom kind of going like well this is this is this weird cross pollination that i can't abide somebody saying something good about the movie and i kind of went oh well that's that's kind of neat that sounds neat but still it was kind of like you know the the path of least resistance was the easiest thing for me so i don't think i i mean i did not see this movie until maybe 1996, I think. And this came out in what, like 1993. So like, you know, I I went through high school and I started college at Little and Marymount. I made some friendships with a lot of people. I was close friends with some people and I've, I've mentioned this before, but there, you know, there were some, some people that I was really close with and everything. And in some cases they tried to introduce me to things like, you know, uh, uh, evil dead or you know you know different movies and stuff and 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 like i said some things like you know even even after all these years like even even though you know close friends have tried to introduce me to certain franchises and things I've gone on record and, you know, not that I have anything against it, but just it, it, I, I, it never became part of my lexicon, you know, like I never was an evil dead guy or whatever, despite, you know, people trying to say, look, look at the greatness that is Sam Raimi or here, watch all these Adam Sandler movies. And it's like, okay, I chuckled. I laughed at them. You know, I watched Evil Dead. I tried to understand the appreciation for it, you know, the the joy that people took in these movies and everything. And we'd all get together in dorm rooms. and you know, people would expose one another to different different movies that they'd never seen before. And, you know, all these film students and theater students and, you know, this exchange of kind of ideas and everything was new and, you know, in, in, in its own way, like this was, you know, not, not exactly pre-internet, but pre-internet file sharing. Right. And it was, it was our way of sort of file sharing, right. Like where we were just kind of like, Oh, d- did you see this? Well, you haven't seen this. Oh, you gotta see this, you know, and, and, and that, that kind of exchange of things. And so, one of those that I mean, I, I I put it up there with like a clockwork orange, like that uh, you know, th- this one good friend of mine, you know said, "Oh, you need to watch this." and we we would watch it together, and everything was uh, a nightmare before Christmas. And so like that's something I think like that that I think I will say did become part of my lexicon. You know, like it was like that and a clockwork orange. Like I saw those. I understood why she liked them. I understood why a lot of other people liked them. I understood sort of why they were at least, you know, I don't, I don't want to keep saying they, but I understood why a nightmare before Christmas was, was a cult classic, you know, like it didn't, I mean, I'm looking at it too. Now. I feel like they try to, they try to whitewash the, the box office history of it. Cause this, this was not well received. Like it made like, like, $50 million, like on a budget of, of half that, like, I don't, th- that wasn't a success. Like Disney didn't want their name on this thing. Like they released it as a touchstone film cause they didn't want anything to do with it. It was like some redheaded stepchild that they were afraid of or something like that. So in terms of box office, like, I don't think it was a big success. I think it found its audience afterwards on home video and all this other stuff. And then, you know, like, I, I know we've had this discussion before, but like Japan seems to love the hell out of this movie. And it, with the kind of merchandise and the, 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 the art style, like they just seem to adore it. So there were all these different, you know, uh, multimedia, you know, uh, uh, you know, figures and, different things like that, that they, you know, merchandise that they seem to have, have made after that. And so if you account for all that, and then you account for like, let me see, there's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, nine re-releases of this theatrically on Box Office Mojo, nine re-releases. So then if you account for all that and you account for worldwide um, box office, right, then then it comes out to something like it made like, you know, almost a hundred million dollars, like 90, 90 something million dollars or whatever it is, 91 million dollars. Right. And at that point they're like, Oh, well, isn't that a lot of money? And I'm like, well, yeah, like after, you know, 30 years, right? Like it, it, it made three times what it cost to make, but, uh, in profit, but, but not, not on its original release. And, um, and I, I really liked this film. Like I, I think at that point I was able to appreciate the, the musical aspect to it. I think also this became a, uh, a staple of my early twenties. You know, like this was something that I would watch on repeat. You know, ma- mainly because I think I got into the whole. I mean, there's there's aspects of this film I think that are really. Uh, depressing, like like the the fact that like there's somebody who wants who yearns to do something other than what he's always been meant to do and and can't get out of that rut and 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 Sally kind of yearning for Jack but having this unrequited love like there there are all these things that that kind of um, base type universal feelings that you could easily apply to how you felt as a young person in your 20s, you know, unrequited love, not not feeling like you were doing what you were actually meant to be doing and and, and stuck in a rut. And, you know, it, it, that, that somehow somebody should appreciate you more and all, all those kind of things. So anyway, that that became a frequent replay. As far as uh, theatrical, like I did see the 2006 3D re-release in the theater. So that was the first time I'd ever seen it in the theater. And I, I thought that was a really fun and cool experience to see. And then I think more than re-watching the film though, I think, and and I'm kind of surprised because I don't, I don't think I knew the existence of the the album that Justin was talking about, you know, the kind of covers of the songs. But I mean, I did have the official soundtrack and that got burned into my, you know, first iPod like when those were you know a thing right when those were big right and 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 i remember that was something that i listened to on nauseum like even now when i rewatched it like similar to justin i don't think i've seen this in many many years i had a dvd the dvd was so fucking old that it was it was letterboxed and eh, eh, well i mean it was letterboxed so so when you put it on a new tv now there's bars on the right and left and there's bars on the top and bottom and the picture's even smaller right like so it's that's how old that the you know dvd is it wasn't like anamorphic or any any shit like that it didn't look really good so i went and i bought like the 4k blu-ray combo disc or whatever and i watched it on a 4k screen and it looks really fucking fantastic and when i was watching it i mean i could i could sing all the songs for you do you know what I mean? At least for recall, if they're playing, you know, like if, if I don't think we did this on the drive through to heroes con and uh, either time or anything like that. But if, if, if the nightmare before Christmas music was on the playlist, I could sing it to you. Do you know what I mean? So like, that's, that's how much I listen to this music. And I think, I think that's how I've maybe revisited this the most in, in my, uh, my lifetime, I guess, or whatever. So that's I mean, that's kind of a long winded way of saying like I, I didn't initially, you know, I wasn't able to be super open to this. Like it was something that I had to sort of discover in my experimental film phase in college or whatever. Right. But that's that's how I eventually came to it. And, and then, you know, at that point, I, I think it did become part of my lexicon and was, was something that I, I do kind of cherish, whether you, you watch it during Christmas or Halloween or whenever you decide to watch it.
4: It was not long ago, think back if you dare, about Tim Burton's tale of a Christmas nightmare. A holiday story with nasty intentions, but alas, it was shown in only two dimensions, now the movie is back. In a way you must see. Open the door and step into Disney Digital 3D. Would you like to see something strange? Come with us and you will see this our town of Tim Burton's Ooh. masterpiece, as you've never seen it before. The nightmare before Christmas is now something to die for. Ooh. Only in theaters October 20th, in
3: Disney Digital 3D <laughs> so so tell us, like answer six will shock us. like tell us, Mike, what uh, what, what is the answer that will shock and appal us? and I, I believe Tony brought a bag of tomatoes so you can you can get ready to dodge <laughs> those at will, I guess I don't know.
2: So I didn't see this in theaters. Um, I saw it like on home video and like I was basically like made to watch it because Mm. like I had a friend who like adored anything that Tim Burton did. And like if Tim Burton's fingerprints were on it then like he had to like own every single like release of it, he had to like, you know, know every single line to every single movie. So like I watched it at his house and I, you know, I don't know, probably like three or four years after it came out. And I was like, yeah, you know, that was whatever. Like, I'm, you know me, I don't like musicals. Like, I mean, unless you, you got to have a sort of twist on a musical, like, for me to like it. Like, I like when The Simpsons do musicals and I like, like, certain other musicals, but it's a very specific, like, you know, target for me for musicals. And this does not hit that target. But, uh, Um, and I, to say something positive, I mean, the movie looks gorgeous. Like, I mean, like the, you know, the, the animation is beautiful. Like, you know, the, the technical, I, I'll never insult the technical, the craftsmanship made in it. I just, and like, you know, Danny Elfman obviously is a good singer and like, you know, everyone involved is a pretty good singer. It's just, I don't, the songs lack a certain, like, I don't know, like quality to me that I can't like quantify. Like they're, they don't. It's, it's stupid to say, maybe, but it's, like, a lot of the lyrics don't rhyme, but some of them do rhyme, and, like, they don't, like, it doesn't seem to happen with any, like, rhyme or reason, really. Like, if they can make two, like, lines rhyme, they do, but sometimes they can't, so they don't. So, I don't know, like, it doesn't, I, in terms of, like, stuff like that, like, I'm very specific, and, like, I don't know, this movie just seems very, like, maybe they're going for, like, it to be chaotic and, like, like you know uh blow by blow i guess like where he's trying to like sing the next line but it doesn't really fit into like you know any kind of like you know they're trying to like force it almost into a tune or a like a a, a melody or something and I, I don't know it just it doesn't it doesn't work for me but uh and i don't know like it, it's just it, this is one of those movies where it's like whenever someone like has a like deep like Personal connection to it, and they think it's awesome, and like, I mean, you guys probably do. Like, so, like, I'm not gonna insult you or anything, but like, this is one of those things where, like, th- I don't know, like, someone like totally ruined me on like Tim Burton in general, basically. Like, where I, I just, I, I, like, I was frank like this is the first time I've watched it probably in like 20 years, 25 years probably, and like, I was shocked because I I never looked into it again. I could have sworn, I was like, wasn't Johnny Depp involved with this? And I was like, no, he's not. Like, I was like, oh, it's Danny Elfman who's doing all the, you know, at least, you know, it's Chris Sarandon doing like the voice, but it's Danny Elfman doing the singing. But I was like, I could have sworn, like, Johnny Depp was involved with this in some, like, regard, but no, it's just, you know, I just had the Burton connection, so, like, I guess I, I was like, oh, no, I'm wrong, like, never mind, like, so I guess that that tells you, like, how much I really cared about it, like, I didn't even realize that, but, but yeah, I don't know, I, I think someone, like, ruined this for me, and, like, rewatching watching it this week? I was like, yeah, like, I don't know, I have no like, I have no, like, nostalgic, like, fondness for it, and I have no, like, you know, it didn't, like, this rewatch didn't convince me, like, I was missing out on something. I was like, maybe if I had seen this at a younger age, and maybe if it wasn't, like, ruined for me, like, by someone else's and enthusiasm for it, I guess, but, like, and, and this was, you know, This was the 90s, and, like, you know, I I was at the same age where I'd latch on to a certain creator or director or writer, and, like, you know, I wouldn't let them go. But, like, like, some people like that, like, it's the same way with people who love, like, you know, Quentin Tarantino movies or something. It's like, yeah, I like them, too, but, like then you get to a point where you're hanging out with them so often that everything has to be compared to this director or everything, like, has to, you know, be, like... Like, if we write a movie, it's got to be just like this guy, like, basically, and that, I was not into that at all. So that's... I mean, that's kind of the general, like... Uh, the, the general, like, vibe I have towards Tim Burton in general. Like, I, I just... I, I like some of his movies, but I just... I don't know. Whenever I hear him, I, I think... He, he's much like Johnny Depp, I feel like. Uh, it's, it's. <laughs> I think, like, an episode of Community put it best, where they were like, like Johnny Depp, like, uh, an actor so good, he's bad, basically. And I feel like that's the same with Tim Burton. Like, a director so good, he's bad, basically.
3: And that's, to me,
2: basically. But that's
3: the vibe I have from this movie. I feel like, at least, I can... I can empathize, I suppose. I mean, it, it, to me, when you say all that, if you replace Tim Burton films with strong, bad emails, like, I, I that's <laughs> why I can relate, because I'm like, oh, I, I know what it feels like when somebody's like,
2: oh, you got to see this. This is the greatest
3: thing ever. Now sit down and watch it. And then you literally are like, you know, Alex in A Clockwork Orange, where they're like peeling your eyeballs open and making you watch all this stuff. And you're sitting there going, Fiddy well. Is- brother you know and shit and so you're you're stuck there and you're like i've seen the light you know you just got to say this 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 is great now stop making me watch it you know like type thing but um I I mean, I I don't know that I I can agree, but but I can I can sympathize. Right. Like, I get it. If somebody if that was how you got introduced to it, like that kind of sucks. Right. Like and I sort of get it, you know, like because if 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 somebody's force feeding you something and you're not, you know, you're you're not ready to eat the meal, then then I mean, that that's always going to. You're just going to remember that aspect of it. Like, and, and, and I, I don't, I, you know, unfortunately, I don't think that's something that's, that's easy, that, that sense memory to get over, right? Cause then, then you're not, you know, you, I, you know, you'd be hard pressed to, 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 what, what do they call it? Reevaluate, you know, to change your, your mind about something later on. Like, like that. I don't, I don't think that's, I mean, it's the same thing with me and Red Dwarf, right? Or, or, uh, you know, like I said, strong bad emails. So, like, I, I can understand. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I wouldn't throw tomatoes at you or anything over that, you know?
0: Throwing tomatoes? No. Um. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can understand uh, a certain feeling towards Tim Burton and Johnny Depp, especially when they work together. Like I said, this was, this was back when, you know, a lot of people loved Tim Burton and he like could do no wrong at that point. But I mean, yeah, even I got burned, burned out on Burton after a while. Cause he just, he seemed to want to make everything quirky and, and a little bit strange and a little bit weird. And I'm like, not everything has to fucking be that dude. But this for me, it works. It, it fits. It, 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 it has the, the, like it has his, you know, hands all over it, even though he didn't direct it. But, you know, like he did the story, obviously, you know. But, like, it's okay, though, because I think when Tim Burton does something that is that is his idea, then it works, you know? And then when it's like, I'm gonna, you know, fucking, I don't know, make the Lone Ranger or some shit. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think he did that, actually. But, uh, but like, like, the Alice in Wonderland, he did not create Alice in Wonderland, and his weird, fucked-up, like, concept of it like just didn't work but uh you know back to this his weird fever dreamed and morbid like you know sketching doodle style like it was all him as far as like you know like the concept and the idea and like the director was not him and i think that actually really plays off very well that the director i guess is either Someone who is familiar with like this type of animation, you know, the 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 uh, claymation style, or you know, he he had someone to bounce off of. The director, you know, took Tim Burton's vision, and he was able to make it a more cohesive film. I don't know. I mean, you have your right to, to disagree, so and I have my right to disagree with you. But I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not going to make you. I'm not going to force you to like this. And I can understand your opinion. But at the same time, I, I I see your points. I just can't, you know, find the faults you find. That That's all I could say on that part.
4: All autumn, the leaves change colors and begin to fall. The kids go back to school. Pumpkin Spice becomes its own food group. And little ghosts and goblins are on the streets begging for candy. But something sinister awaits. Back in the woods, among those dead trees... Such a foreboding, dilapidated manner, you can't resist. You must go inside and return to. The House of Frankenstein. Did you hear that? I heard that. What was it? Listen to them. Children of the Night. What music, baby. The Supermates podcast presents four spine tingling episodes covering your favorite classic horror films featuring these iconic stars. Griffin Dunn and David Naughton. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Yes, that's right. Bela Lugosi. I am Dracula. I bid you welcome. Claude Rains. You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. (laughs) And Peter Cushing. I can hear his voice. It's in your own mind, it just has to be true. Plus, your favorite superheroes versus classic monsters. I understand your concern, Mr. Wayne. But I don't think you need to worry that Wayne Tech is responsible for this invisible man. But I seem to remember last year hearing something about an invisibility project. Visit FireAndWaterPodcast.com or your favorite podcatcher for the 10th annual journey into terror at the House of Franklin Stein
0: available in pumpkin spice flavor
2: the end i killed it
3: (laughs) no i don't i don't know dude like um I, i was trying to think of things that that i i remembered about you know when when i you know sort of you know was able to to sort of watch this with appreciation i think the other thing too was like my my roommate at the time had this I don't know. It it was potentially annoying, but, but now I look back on it as like charming, kind of like in a, in a Watchmen type way where you're like, oh, the past sucked. And then now you're looking back at it all nostalgically or whatever. But he would do this thing where he would like randomly, like, because, you know, we were all theater kids. So he would say like, oh, well, what if what if they put Nightmare Before Christmas on at Loyola Marymount University, you know, and he would, like, cast everybody, you know, and I, w- I was sitting here trying to remember who he cast different people as and all this other kind of stuff, but, like, that's, th- I mean, that's the kind of thing I think, you know, there, there's there's that aspect to me, I mean, at least, and I, I don't know how, you know, because I, I, I don't imagine, or I, I don't feel like, you know, Justin or Tony are necessarily theater kids or musical kids or anything like that, but I, I don't know if If, you know, I don't think they share Mike's aversion to musicals either, though, you know what I mean? So it's like it's like one of those things where, you know, I I'm I'm kind of like sitting here kind of thinking like, well, you know, for me, I mean, I, I think the thing that I like the most about this is the music. So, I mean, the only thing I could say encounter is that like these are not all like perfect rhymes i mean but like you know th- I'm, I'm sure you know if you if you went to a rhymologist they would explain to you you know it's like some of these are you know w- w- what do they call them like the you know the the broken rhymes and the you know it's the same thing that like people who who rap do where it's not like a pure you know there, there's like you know uh Pentameter and <clears throat> cadence, and you know uh, a hard rhyme or a you know a soft rhyme, and 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 different stuff like that, and you know. And anyway, I mean, you know, that's that's three, the only
0: three three four time and four, four, three time stuff like that is like. Right. Right. Yeah. Like, this, this line doesn't rhyme, but two lines later rhymes with that rhyme. And it, it kind of goes down that. Yeah. Down that. Yeah, rhythm, yeah. Yeah.
3: I mean, that's that, you know, to me, I mean, again, again, I'm, I'm I'm making jokes, but I'm not you know, I am not a rhymologist, nor am I paid to play one on TV. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go into the, the minutia of it. But that I mean, that would be my I'm, I'm sure if I looked it up, I could, you know, kind of, you know, point out a couple, you know, cadences and lines and different things like that where you know it's like okay i i I understand why that might be off-putting because it's not a traditional you know hard rhyme you know every other line like you know type of poetry that you're used to but that that's not the only type of rhyming and poetry that exists in the world per se i mean it, it did kind of make me think of um you know, like maybe like some of the characters that we liked the most in this. I mean, at least for, you know, Justin and Tony and myself, I mean, you know, I, I, again, like I, 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 I always had the, the feels as the kids say for, you know, Sally's sort of unrequited affection for Jack Skellington. I always kind of had the feels for Jack wanting to do something different, but I, I also kind of understand which you know i don't know you know maybe maybe this is is somewhat lacking in today's society but coming to the ultimate conclusion that that he 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 was put in halloween town and is king of halloween town for a fucking reason and he shouldn't be going out like trying to you know basically uh uh you know militaristically take over other Freaking holiday towns. Do you know what I mean? Like, like that, 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 that. Despite his exuberance for something different, you know, it's like, it's like you can relate to that. You know, you know what that remind? It, it, it's a weird thing to say, but like Jack Skellington reminds me of Jim Belushi. Like, like where I, I don't know if you guys have ever heard that story, but my mom always used to tell me the story too, which is like he hated the Bumblebee sketch on Saturday Night Live. You know, the Buzz Buzz Bumblebee sketch, but like. Supposedly that's that's one of those sketches that was like funny to everybody and put him on the map. So it's like can you ima- you know it's like it's like the thing of the 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 rock star who who hates always being asked to sing the song that made him famous at a concert. And it's like, well, if it made you famous, you know, it's like the thing, it's like, I am Spock, I am not Spock. It's like, you know, it, it it's that constant wrestling with I am more than this one thing that makes me famous. And, you know, Jack Skellington is that character. And there's, there's a, there's a extreme amount of hubris to that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and it's something that only someone who, who uh, you know, wants to entertain, who, who, who maybe has that sense of hubris can sympathize with. But I, I I do feel like there, there were moments in my life where I, I could sympathize with it, but, you know, looking at the message in total, right? Like that's, that's one of those things where, I mean, it's not successful. He, 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 he misses, it's funny. He knows, you know, he knows that, the people in Halloween town don't quite get christmas even though i think deep down he does get christmas but he just can't sell it to halloween town and 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 you notice there's that there's that it's like you know it, films are done, like, mathematically, right? At the certain, you know, minute mark, like, the, there's the character arc and the development and the failure and the climax and the, you know, the redemption and the whole, the whole nine yards. Like, that's all done mathematically. And, like, there's that turn because... He introduces them to Christmastown, but the, the key is when he's like, I'm not really winning them over. Well, let me tell them about Santa Claus. And he doesn't really tell them about Santa Claus. He tells them about Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Like he, he's a big red lobster guy and he's got claws and, he's, and everybody's like, oh, this guy sounds fucking terrible. Like, yay. And they're all into it. And it's like what he didn't, realize he was unconsciously doing was he was doing what he did best, which is to scare the fuck out of people and get them all excited about it in Halloween town. And that's what, you know, it's, it's kind of that, that, uh, James Kirk thing, you know, like your first best destiny, you know, like he needs McCoy there, you know, Jack Skellington needs a McCoy there to be like, Jack, your first best destiny is to be King of Halloween town. Anything else? it's a waste, you know, or what, you know what I mean? Like, like to tell him that, right. But he, he sort of has to go through this and try the other thing and fail to learn that he's good at what he's supposed to be good at, you know? So like, that's, I don't know that, that, that's kind of my, uh, you know, philosophical in-depth look at something that doesn't really need the in-depth philosophical look. And then, I mean, as far as like other characters I really like, I, I you know, I've always had a soft spot for Zero, you know, like I remember I had the little McDonald's or whatever it is, like the little wind-up thing that like rolled across the the floor or whatever, you know, that 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 little mechanical toy or whatever. And um, you know, and then I guess, you know, Oogie Boogie is probably, you know, a, another kind of standout favorite character. Like he's a he's, you know, I mean, if if you know, I know Tony was kind of saying, like, maybe, you know, Jack in some ways is a villain because of what he does. Right. But but if if you want to point to anybody in particular as as the true you know villain of the piece, it's it's Oogie Boogie. Right. Like, so that's that's one of those things where if you're if you're the heavy in a, a college school, not revealing who I was cast as by my roommate. But if you play like the heavy or the bad guy all the time then the obvious go-to is you, you would play Oogie Boogie, right? Like, so, so like, there's that, that aspect too, where that, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, for me, it's, it's one of those characters that I, I, you know, I, I enjoy. And then, I I mean, trying to tie it into other stuff too. I mean, I I had enough sentimentality and connection to this where I, I remember being, um, excited to see them show up, uh Halloween Town show up in Kingdom Hearts too. Like when back when I was still playing video games and, and got a kick out of that and everything. And Kingdom Hearts was something that I always like super enjoyed. And 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 when you know they they visit Halloween town. And that that at that point it was a complete like uh, 180 degree turnaround, right? Cause then at that point this this made chitchkies and tchotchkes and shit that would make money for Disney so whereas back in the day they were deathly afraid of moms and parent groups that would say if this had the Disney brand on it like that they they would you know they would be protested like fucking Freddy Krueger or whatever the fuck was not cool with moms at the time like by you know the time that Kingdom Hearts 2 was out like by the time Japanese people were buying model kits of Jack Skellington in droves or whatever was going on right like at that point it was a totally marketable franchise and 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 that's like a complete 180 degrees cuz now you have the official okay we've got this you know what what is it like Square Enix Final Fantasy Kingdom Hearts game where they go through all the different you know Disney universes and stuff and and, you know of course nerds like me get all excited when they go to tron universe or whatever i'm like oh that's so fucking cool but in the meantime like it's it's you know these things where it's like it was totally an acceptance they just weren't visiting you know like you said alice in wonderland or or you know uh cinderella or or mickey mouse or you know whatever it was like it wasn't all the the safe and and um traditional Disney properties, like they they did venture out into things that, you know, were originally considered the redheaded stepchildren of of Disney, right? That's why it was released as a, a touchstone film, right? But at that point, it was totally embraced where you're like, oh, I'm going to Halloween Town, you know, like me and Donald and Goofy. And well, I say me, but, you know, Sora and Donald and Goofy or, you know, whatever. Right. We're going to Halloween Town and and, and we're going to, you know, have an adventure there, too. Right. Like so like that's that's one of those things where you're like, oh, we go and Oogie Boogie is the big uh, uh, boss of the the level or whatever. You know, so anyway. But uh, that's that's kind of what I got. I think on this. But uh, what about what about you guys? Anything that you uh, anything else that uh, you want to go into when we're talking about uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? Like any other associated memories, or or you know maybe extra, you know like like I was going into like with video games or anything like that.
0: Well, I mean, uh, as far as the merchandising, I will kind of touch you know with you on that because like it's really funny because we have. Just talked about Batman a few years ago because that you know had its you know uh, uh, big anniversary, and that was just Bonzo like Gonzo banana like you know hype out of the gate. You know before the movie came out, everybody's wearing Batman t-shirts, buying the toys. You know everything. It was it was it was huge out of the gate, and it was a Tim Burton project. And this, like you said, like it, it wasn't really like a big deal when it came out as far as popularity you know it was like it did get controversy but it didn't really turn into butts in seats as they like to say and like but it's crazy how over the years it's morphed to like i would say that like nightmare before christmas has probably made more money as a merchandising franchise than as a movie franchise like it probably has billions sold out of t-shirts posters you know all this crap that they sell the the action figures all that licensing is just out the window it's it's crazy how like now you could go to dollar general the dollar store and like in the halloween aisle they're going to have something nightmare before christmas and that's at the fucking dollar store like much much less walmart and like jesus that hot topic turns into nightmare before christmas during halloween
1: I oh. I feel like I feel like okay. there was a good fifteen years where like you went to any hot topic and they had like some little display of Nightmare Before How Nightmare Before Christmas stuff. Like I, I haven't been to one in a long time. I would go there to look for like you know anime T shirts or you know stuff like that. But like there there was always some display of that kind of merchandise. And you know I I think it's interesting you know Derek brought up like um theater kids I definitely was not a theater kid but I was like one of those weirdo you know outcast outsider kids who was drawn to like weird and twisted things like Tim Burton movies and things like this it's one of those things where like because it wasn't attached to something that already existed you could kind of like claim ownership if that makes sense like like there's so many like Christmas specials for like it's a Flintstones Christmas, it's a Scooby-Doo Christmas, you know it's Alvin and the Chipmunks' Day Christmas. Like there's all kinds of that stuff and it's just repeated ad nauseum. But it's not really you. It's not yours, right? Like it's attached to something that's like you know Scooby-Doo's been around since like what 68, 9 or something. So that's kind of like your parents' generation, right? But like this is something it is
0: a generational thing yeah it really is
1: if you didn't see this in the theater you maybe found your way to it in VHS or maybe even dvd later on and you were like man this is great and maybe by that time you were like the you know goth kid in high school or you know whatever and you could claim to it like man this is this is great and it's mine and you know you listen to the dvd or i mean you listen to the cd over and over you know you you consume, right? You get the merchandise, the toys, the t-shirts. you know, you're you're playing Kingdom Hearts too, like little Derek. Well, not little Derek, like you know thirty seven year old Derek probably twenty
3: twenty seven year old crying in his uh, <laughs> wine glass, Derek, because he can only save the world in Kingdom Hearts, too,
1: and I mean, this is something uh, I think it's referenced in a blink one Eight two song, and you know, it's, there's a lyric, you know, we can live like Jack and Sally if we want. Like that kind of tells you how far it's, it's uh, penetrated for lack of a better word. Like it's, it's one of those things it's like you, you hear Jack and Sally, it's like, you know, your mind automatically conjures up, you know, the characters, you go into the movie, you go to the headspace, you're thinking of the songs. You're like, yeah, like that's great. Like this is one of those things like I kind of used on occasion as like a, a character test, for lack of a better term, because it seems like people who are attracted to this movie are of similar type, like they're fellow travelers, and I have things in common with those people, weirdos, you know, whatever. But, like, I I remember a couple of times, like one time I was stuck at this uh, lame party, and I was not standing awkwardly in the kitchen, but it was definitely a lame party and I was stranded high and dry and I didn't know anybody there. And I got to talking to someone and I was like, Hey, you ever see Nightmare for Christmas? I was just trying to make conversation. I was, you know, trying to latch onto something before I like, you know, like wanted to like slit my wrist or something. And they were like, yeah, that's such a weird movie. And they liked it. So that that was like a life preserver. And then another time, I was at this bar. Similar thing, left high and dry. My buddy was off chasing some chick or something. Didn't know anybody there. And, I, you know, you guys know me. I'm kind of introverted. I don't easily go up to people and make conversation out of the blue. I'm not like that. But I started talking to this chick because she was hot. And it wasn't really going anywhere. And then I was like, hey, you ever seen that before Christmas? And it was just like, you know, again, boom. It's like, Instant connection, and she like rolled up her arm, or she rolled up the sleeve of her arm. She had like this giant, like Jack Skellington tattoo, and then she had Sally on the other arm. And I was like, "All right, we got to fill a traveler here." And then like I s- spent like I you don't know two, two and a half hours talking to this chick. And then my buddy came back, and he was ready to go. And I, I was like shooting him away. I was like, "Back off!" Like, you know, you know, you you've had your time. Like, this is my time. You know, like I think I might be getting somewhere, but. You know, like like that's one of those like emergency like you know in case of emergency break glass. It's like if you're at a, like you, you know some awkward thing and you need something to latch onto. It's like this is like your character test. Like if if the person likes the movie, it's like that's your life preserver. And then if they you know if they reject you as Michael would in this situation, you can um, <laughs> you're not you getting can, any
3: for Michael tonight. <laughs>
1: you you <laughs> can tie him in the bag, throw him in the ocean, and see if he's sad. I guess. <laughs>
2: I remember one time... We are uh, now
4: enemies, (laughs) (laughs) Then this means we must be enemies. You will regret this
0: insult, Detective. I I remember one time I was... uh, I wouldn't really say dating, but I was with this uh, girl who I had uh, benefits with, and she was a little bit on the gothy side a little bit, and I knew she liked Nightmare Before Christmas, and because I'm just, I don't know, a terrible person, I guess, we were making out one time, and like I had noticed something, and I was like, "What's this? What's this? There's magic in the air. What's this? What's this? You're not wearing underwear." <laughs> I know it. And she laughed, and I got some, so I don't care. It worked. <laughs> <laughs> so take that too, Mike. Oh. <laughs> but uh, but no. As far as like the the music goes, uh, I I don't have like a musical background i can't sing for shit but um i I will i will you know oppose mike as far as like the songs not being catchy and i will agree with derek and and justin like the songs are just i don't know man they're on a they're on their own level like they they may not have like that rhyming scheme that is like i guess uh common not normal but common (sighs) But like, I've seen, I actually do like musicals. I've seen, you know, like West Side Story and uh, Rant and, you know, just uh, uh, a bevy of different musicals. I don't know how that happened. You know, Sound of Music, stuff like that. I kind of like musicals. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. And like, this fits right into it. You know, it's like, I've always said that like, uh, you know, it's a good musical, If when the music starts, it doesn't interrupt the story, like you know, it's like like Les Mis, you know, the uh, uh, Sweeney Todd, which Tim Burton also had a stab at, uh, no pun intended. (laughs) 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 Thank Uh, you. The when the music hits and like everything keeps flowing and it tells part of the story, that's when you you know like I really enjoy it and you know to me like you know it was just another part of the story. It was like yeah they're singing but they're telling you important information or they're revealing character traits. So like, you know, like the, the song, what's this, you know, that's, that's like his big moment of finding, you know, Christmas town. And he's just, you know, Gaga, Google eyed over it. And like, if you're into the movie and I understand if you're not, but if you are into the movie, like you're on that journey with Jack Skeleton, you know, you're like, oh, man, you know, like, I see why he likes Christmas so much, you know, and and that that is where he is different from Oogie Boogie, like, you know, where Oogie Boogie, it, he likes being evil, he likes doing bad things to do bad things, Jack Skeleton does a bad thing, but he has good intentions, but as they say, the road to hell is paved with him, so, you know, he, he I, you know, yeah.
1: I mean, the song This Is Halloween, that's the citizens of Halloween Town, like, they're gently taking you by the hand and they're explaining like hey this is who we are this is what we do in Halloween town you know we we celebrate Halloween we make all the spooky stuff for you and this is where it all comes from so it, it's trying it's to like slowly like ease you into this like weird and twisted landscape full of like you know nesting doll people and werewolf man and the draculas and you know the, the dude with the axe in his head <laughs> like they're trying to like (laughs) ease you into like all this like wacky nonsense it's like hey it's okay like here's halloween town this is what we do and this is what we are you know it's like they're they even say in the lyrics like you know they're not evil they just they'll they like halloween stuff and that's what they do
0: right they they like scaring you but it's not to like it's not with an evil intent it's because It's Halloween, and you're supposed to be, you're supposed to get scared on Halloween and like, ha ha ha, see, I scared you. Yeah, there's no
1: malice from the citizens of Halloween Town. The malice comes from Oogie Boogie. Yeah, yeah. And also the malice comes from Michael, apparently. (laughs) Well, well, (laughs)
3: well. Well, well,
0: well. I do like Oogie Boogie. He's probably my favorite in the movie. I, I also like Lock, Shock, and Barrel like uh yeah yeah, they're 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 great uh i can't remember everybody who played but i know paul rubens is one of them
3: the 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 heralds of Oogie boogie yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and and and, like that's like that's another nice little part of it is like jack skeleton knows that they're trouble but he also knows that they're really good at what they do so he's like you know like
3: Come help me throw well, Santa Claus, yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's that thing that, that you I mean, that underlining thing that you don't realize is like look at how well he knows every like it it it's that funny thing of like Halloween town is a small town and jack is known by everybody so when jack's in a bad mood or jack's up in his tower and he can't figure out what's going what the deal is with christmas completely like everybody knows that something's wrong because it's that small town like everybody knows like that you know basically jack knows everyone who lives there and he knows what they're good at and he knows how he can apply their skill to what he wants to have you know, what, what he wants to get done in this case, what he wants to get done, you know, d- didn't work out, but, uh, but traditionally he would do that for Halloween. And that's, that's the whole sort of, uh, to me, like that's the underlining current that, that I, I'm, I'm kind of surprised people haven't tried to like, you know, ban this movie or cancel it in the current state of affairs, because ultimately what it's telling you is it, I, I find it ironic because my mom rejected this movie outright because of her traditionalism when it came to Christmas but the, the 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 real message of this movie is just as traditional it's saying like dude don't cross the fucking streams man like this doesn't work and like it's kind of funny to me that like like i i think had she i I can't even remember now if I ever had her watch this or not, but like i I, I think maybe at one point I tried to explain to her that like actually like w- when you when you watch the whole movie by the end of it 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 basically agrees with you. It's telling you like you were right, like you shouldn't be crossing the streams of all these different holidays. you know, no in some ways it's it's almost as um simple and clever a message is like something like Charlie Brown Christmas. It's just like, look, this is about a religious holiday, not about your crass commercial bullshit. Do you know what I mean? Like that's that's the yeah. message. You know, it's very, very fucking simple. That's it. You know, like I mean, don't I mean don't, get, don't get stick, almost dead. Yeah. It's like don't stick fucking severed heads in fucking Christmas present boxes. Do you know what I mean? Like simple like really easy you know
0: like yeah Santa yeah. Claus almost almost says almost directly I mean he doesn't use this language but he like pretty much says don't fuck with Christmas anymore
3: yeah yeah Yeah. Stay, oh. Sta- Sta- Santa Claus says to Jack Ellington stay in your fucking lane and Jack is like you know what I am good in my own fucking lane I am the pumpkin king You know. Yeah, like,
1: I, 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 I always like that for Jack because he, he gets down for like a minute when he gets shot out of the sky by the army <laughs> But then, <laughs> that, it, that's
3: then, such an important. He well, bounces
1: back. He's like, yeah. well, what the heck? I did my best, and you know, like, like I even touched the sky. He's like, that's right. I am the pumpkin king. And next year, I've got even more ideas, and they be even better.
3: That's such an important life lesson. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that mm-hmm. that thing of like, okay, yeah, I, I I got rejected or I, you know, some girl shot me down, I didn't get this part, I I, you know, I I I got a shitty grade, I didn't get the promotion, I didn't, you know, whatever it is, but it's like, you know what? The next the next fucking job promotion, like I'm going to fucking kick ass and get that thing. The next chick that I'm really into, I'm going to I'm going to figure that shit out. The next you know, the next auction that I don't lose, I'm going to fucking kick the shit out of that auction or, you know, whatever it is, right? Like, it doesn't really matter what it is, but the fact that he's like, look, like, this one failure... This one uh, setback does not, you know. I- I'm not going to sit here and be an emo little bitch for the rest of my life. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my thing next year. And 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 you know, when he does that, like that's when you know he lives happily ever after with Sally, right? Like, I mean, that's that that's kind of the point, right? Like that they that you know they both they both have those moments where they're like, you know, it, it, to me it was always kind of clever where you know. they sing the same song but she kind of says it's not meant to be and by the end of it it's like it was always meant to be you know and like that's that's that uh, awkward rhyme I think that that Mike isn't getting a handle on but that that reflects itself like sort of as an echo right like where you're like oh yeah that does (laughs) that does sort of you know have a certain sense of symmetry and makes sense.
0: And it's like you know uh, another I guess you know you say stay in your lane, which is, is totally applicable. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying you're, you're, you're off on that at all, but there's also with Jack, like the, the, this sense of either forgetting or not even realizing what he has, you know, like, right. He doesn't, right.
3: Not, not, yeah. not, um, well, taking for granted, like the, 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 the things in your life that you already do have, you know, the, the, or or not appreciating what it is that you have in your life that's special like i mean yeah you can you can definitely t- turn that around and and it, it, you know the, the, basically tony's turning this into the positive interview answer right like you have to make it sound you know pleasant and appealing while you're you're saying it's like what, what's the pleasant way to say stay in your fucking lane it's like uh, be a, you know it's like be thankful for what you have do you know what i mean which you know maybe is drifting a little bit into uh thanksgiving town but uh you know <laughs> whatever you know
1: jack got bored and went looking for some strange and then got all mixed <laughs> up on christmas
3: right 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 uh, i'm saying i'm gonna go to fucking uh saint patty's day town and get uh smashed or whatever you know
0: and, and that is like a, a really good uh, part of the the story is Sally and Jack's relationship because and, and you know you you talk about uh, um, the current climate and stuff like that which I'm not going to go into how 2023 is we all know how it is but like you know you got Sally who not only loves Jack but like she stands by him like through thick and thin. She's like, okay, I don't approve of what you're doing. I think it's kind of, like, stupid, but, like, I still love you. I hope it turns out for the best, but just, when you come back around, just let me know, and, you know, like, in her head, you know, she doesn't say this to him in so many words. But, like, she's just, like, waiting for him to realize that, you know, she wants him. And, like, it's so sweet, and, like, uh, you know, Uh, like anybody nowadays like and i know it's a a skeleton dude and a frankenstein girl but you know bear with me that's what any guy is looking for like a girl who is just that devoted and like it's such a touching thing when he realizes it and he like you know shakes the cobwebs and he's like oh wow you've been here the whole time and i've just like totally you know missed missed the 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 signals the stop sign everything you know i was just like you know that's 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 like a really good that that's the kind of love story you know that Anakin and Padme should have had you know <laughs> that's how you tell a love story <laughs>
3: my dearest friend your skin is soft like sand (laughs) why don't you hold out your hand so mike can be happy that there's a rhyme
2: so so would sally fall in love with him even more if he killed a bunch of children
4: (laughs)
0: oh man (laughs) like palpatine may be a deceiver (laughs) but i've never seen clearer this sand is in my sneaker (laughs) we were never meant to be i don't know oh i don't know how we got off on star wars i guess i did um that was my bad um I, I was I was going to I was going to bring up one thing myself, and I'm sure like Derek kind of hit on this a little bit, and, and so did Justin, you know, the with, with the guy with the the hatchet in his head. Like the I don't know, like I know like some of this was doodles from Tim Burton, but there's so many like creative and kooky like characters. My I myself uh, tonight on the Skype call, my avatar is the mayor of Halloween Town which is not the same as the King of Halloween. There, there's a difference. Oh. <laughs> the mayor doesn't know what he's doing, first of all.
3: Uh, I'm just an elected official. I can't <laughs> make decisions.
0: <laughs> uh, but I love him. Yeah, he's got, like, the twisty face where, like, one's, like, kind of like his, uh, like, you know, kissing baby's face where he's like, oh, hey, how are you doing? And he's got, like, his, like, you know, he just got caught on a sex tape face where he's like, "Oh shit, you know,
3: <laughs> thirty years later, and it's all still true and relevant and funny <laughs> right <laughs> until it's not and you cry yourself to sleep at night
0: Oh <laughs> uh, yeah he, he is he's he's a two-faced politician who who you know like the little <laughs> social commentary there for you kids <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like, you know, but uh, yeah, I love like hair design it's like so that Besides Jack, I mean everybody loves Jack. Everybody probably has affinity for Sally or Oogie Boogie. Is there any other guys that you guys like? We're just like that's a cool designer I he's weird. I like him. Well, I guess Derek, you said you said Spot. You know, yeah. Zero. Not spot zero. 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 I said Spot. What else? Zero. The name was on my tongue. I just said yeah, it wrong.
3: Zero, Zero, I always liked. them, I and I liked his design. I liked that, you know, I mean, it, it, the, he he's almost the perfect amalgamation, right? Because he's kind of, you know, they, they kind of play him as the Rudolph to to Jack Skellington's sleigh. But then if you look at his nose so bright, it's really a jack-o'-lantern on his nose. And, you know, he's, he's kind of like a, a friendly Casper-looking ghost, but like a dog, you know what I mean? And then I, I and think, he, you know... My favorite bit is Jack throws his own rib for him to fetch, you know, like shit like that. <laughs> yeah. And
2: he, he was conceived by Marge Simpson. What about Ghost Mutt? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Did, didn't we tell you to go away, Mike?
4: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, I'm just here to
2: inject the occasional snarky comment. <laughs>
0: Uh, Uh. what what about you Justin? did you have any like uh character besides the main guys who like kind of like struck you as cool
1: i guess i'm kind of basic because i like the wolfman and i like the four like dracula looking uh vampire guys i think they got like neat designs Uh, but i like the mayor too like you know for the same reasons you said it's like you know it's like when you're a little kid you're like oh that's neat like when he's like all like flummoxed he gets like the you know the kind of like the other face and you can tell it's like a change in his mood but then it's like you know you know when you grow up and you're like oh okay i get it you know he's a politician the mayor he's two-faced you know it's like one one's like super enthusiastic and the one's the other one's like i don't know what to do you know i'm only an elected official and you're like okay i get that that makes sense but i mean there there are a lot of like wacky designs i mean the guys who um i don't even know what you call them like the graveyard band that you know that's like they're playing along in the background and they play oh, sally's yeah. song you know the, mm-hmm. you got you got the one who's like a cyclops and uh, then you got like the old witches and you know one of them's got like a giant thing on her nose it's like so enormous I, I don't know they're just they're they're so tim burton but in like the best way and i i've seen some of his like doodles and character sketches he made back when he actually worked for disney in the early 80s and you you see some of that stuff and you're like yeah, he he would have never lasted long in Disney, so you can totally see why some of that, you know you can totally see why he didn't last long in Disney, and you can also see why his stuff is so unique and creative.
0: Yeah, that's like I I don't know I I like I I understand what you're saying, Mike, about like if if you if there's somebody you just don't click with you don't click with, and if you just don't like you know Tim Burton stuff, you're not gonna like it. <clears throat> but I I, I you know, echo justice sentiments. Like if, if you like his style, it's like, so like macabre, but also oddly lighthearted. Cause I mean, like, you know, like Jack Skellington, he's a skeletal man. He's a skeletons man, but like, he is so vibrant and he's, he's like, like for the most part there, you know, he has a few down moments in the, in the movie. But, like, when, when he is Santa Claus or when he's, like, doing the Halloween song, you know, his part in the Halloween song, he is, like, this joyful person. He's, like, you know, he's the life of the party, you know? that That's why he, like, everybody loves him, you know? It's, like, it's crazy, like, how expressive a character is who has basically a skull for her face, you know?
3: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something about this We're looking at the 4K version, like, I was... Just kind of flabbergasted by how crystal clear everything is, and how dark the darks are, and how bright the lights are, and uh, almost like you could see into his, his, uh, the chasm that are his eyes, you know, and things like that. So, like, all, all that kind of stuff is, uh, you know, interesting in terms of what Tony's saying, the, the expressions, the, the visuals, you know, the, the, you know, everything about that. I mean, that that's something I don't think I revisit as often, right? Because, like I was explaining, like I mostly, I mean, honestly, for me, like I do revisit the music quite a bit. And, and th- that's something, like, I think even though, like, I haven't watched the movie in a while, I haven't listened to the soundtrack in a while, I watched this last week in anticipation for discussing it this week with you guys. And I've had all the songs like kind of stuck in my head like little earworms for the entire week. You know, I'm sitting there, you know, kidnap the Santa Claus, you know, in my head all week long. So like that's you know, that that's kinda how this impacts me or rolls with me. Like I, I enjoy the the music. I you know, I, I do have some sense of uh, you know, empathy for-, for the characters and everything, but I I, I- and I think deep down, I kind of am just fine and dandy with the the message it's trying to espouse, too, right? Like if if life knocks you down, you got to get back up and do it all over again. And uh, you know, if you're if you're really trying to force a, a, a you know a square peg in a round hole, like you got to go find that square peg somewhere else and do it right, you know. So. Alright, um, I think we've been talking about this long enough. So if you guys have any comments, questions, and or concerns, we're gonna be doing Fanholes Fright Fest all month long, the entire month of October. You can send us emails at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We're on all kinds of social media. We're on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets or X's or whatever the fuck they're called now that we receive. And we can be streamed. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike.
1: Yeah. This is Justin.
3: This is
0: Tony. I figured it out Doc, uh, Mike's favorite character is Dr. Finkelstein
4: <laughs> yeah
0: he sticks sh- on everything that's why <laughs>
2: keep getting poisoned too